On the first Saturday after school had started in the new year, it was snowing in the mountains and raining in town. Tom went up to his loft in the barn to put his great brain to work on how to cure Parley Benson from bragging while I did all the chores. It continued to rain after we'd eaten lunch. We went to the barn to wait for our friends who always came there to play when the weather was bad. Tom and I were sitting on a bale of hay when Basil Kokovinis entered. He was a Greek boy. His father owned the Palace Cafe. He was Tom's age and had big dark eyes and black hair. It's a pour down, Basil said as he took off his cap and yellow rain slicker. Downpour, Tom corrected Basil, who had trouble with the English language since he had been in this country less than a year. Danny Forrester, Sammy Leeds, and Parley Benson were the next to arrive. Parley and Danny were Tom's age, and Sammy one year older. Sammy had what Sven called a city slicker look. I'd never seen a city slicker, but assumed my brother meant Sammy always had a sly, know-it-all look on his face. Danny's left eyelid was half-closed, like it was most of the time, as if one half of him wanted to go to sleep and the other half to stay awake. Parley was wearing his coonskin cap and had his bowie knife in a scabbard on his belt. Then Howard Kay and Jimmy Peterson, who were my age, came into the barn with rain dripping from their caps and slickers. Howard had a round face like a Halloween pumpkin. Jimmy's mother always bought his clothes a size too large so they would last for two years because she had no younger sons to wear Jimmy's hand-me-downs. This was the year Jimmy's clothes were too big for him and hung on him like a scarecrow's. What are we gonna play? Sammy asked. How about follow the leader? Tom suggested. Then he looked at Parley. And since Parley has been bragging all week about how brave he is, let's make him the leader. I can do things none of you kids can do, Parley boasted, as he removed the bowie knife from his scabbard and laid it on a bale of hay. It didn't take me long to believe it. Parley climbed up the rope ladder to Tom's loft with us following. He went hand over hand across the rafters to the other side of the barn. We could all follow him. But on the way back, Parley swung himself and only grabbed every other rafter. Howard, Jimmy, and I had to drop out. Then Parley went hand over hand to a rafter. I stood bug-eyed as he hung by his toes from the rafter. Then he let go with his toes, and I was sure he'd dash his brains out on the floor of the barn. But he turned a flip-flop in midair and landed on his feet. That was the end of playing follow the leader, because not even Tom or Basil could do a stunt like that. Sammy patted Parley on the back. What a stunt, he said. I guess that makes you the bravest kid in town, all right. I wouldn't say that, Tom said. Would you say the circus acrobats are the bravest people in the world? What takes real courage is to do something nobody else has ever done. I know if Basil and I practice, we can learn to do that stunt. What takes real courage is an explorer going into a wild and strange country where no man has ever been. My pa goes places no man has ever been, Parley boasted. We were talking about you and not your father, Tom said. Now, if a boy had the courage to go someplace like the entrance chamber of Skeleton Cave at night, knowing there are monsters and big snakes in the cave, that would take real courage. Baloney, Sammy said. Frank and Alan Jensen were lost in the cave before you and your Uncle Mark rescued them. If there are real monsters and big snakes in the cave, why didn't they attack you? The only thing that saved us all from the monsters and big snakes 
Tom said with a serious look on his face, was that the Jensen brothers had their dog Lady with them, and Uncle Mark and I had J.D.'s dog Brownie with us. I saw plenty of monsters, but they had never seen a dog or heard a dog bark, and they were afraid. I'm talking about going to the cave without any dog to scare away the monsters. Parley patted the bowie knife in his scabbard. I'll bet I wouldn't be afraid with my bowie knife, he said. Tom picked a straw from a bale of hay and put it in his mouth. I wasn't thinking of betting, he said as the straw wiggled up and down. But now that you mention it, I'll bet that you are afraid to meet me in the entrance chamber of Skeleton Cave next Saturday night after curfew. Why not tonight? Parley asked. You are new in town, Tom said. I want to be fair and give you a chance to find out all you can about the cave. It's a bet, Parley said. But we haven't bet on anything yet, Tom said. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bet my air rifle, my jackknife, and 25 cents in cash against your bowie knife that you are afraid to meet me. Then Tom shrugged. If we both show up, the bet is off. It's a bet, Polly said quickly. I know I'll be there. 